It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Monday check-in. I am Damon Jensen Heitman, one of the pastors, First Presbyterian Church of Hastings, Nebraska, joined by Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, on this 28th day of March, where we are celebrating something exciting, Damon. Um, my birthday is in August. Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, see arbor day is i don't know when arbor day is damon it's the birthday of the monday check-in we now have two years of doing the monday check-in yeah and to celebrate we're using a piece of equipment that we've never had to use before indeed we had some technical difficulties this morning with uh, damon's laptop which has served us faithfully for two years so we're not sure what's going on with that but we're still coming to you. We overcame difficulty. We call that perseverance, which will be a relevant point when we get into our Bible study today. Segway alert. A lookout. And uh, yeah, so we're excited Whoever's, to yeah. be coming to you after two years of this. Yeah. Whoever is editing this should put in the Segway alert uh, siren. Oh, like a point. graphic or a siren <laughs> or something? Bing, 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 segway alert. Uh, yeah. So the Monday check-in. For those who may not know, is uh, we hop on here and we take a look at some of the scriptures that we're going to use for the upcoming Sunday, talk about some of the themes maybe that we see in them, some of the questions, maybe some of the points of confusion or mystery, as it were, uh, that we have at the, at the start of the week. And we'll do a little Bible study on that. And then we switch gears and we talk a little bit about life of the church at First Pres. Hastings, so uh, we should we should do that probably. But we always open with prayer. Uh, oftentimes, Damon and I will pray extemporaneously or spontaneously. But during the season of Lent, we are delighted to be praying out of the Lenten devotional guide that Damon and Kylie wrote. And so, Damon, you want to open us up with uh, the prayer? Yeah, I will do that on Sunday for folks who weren't participating in worship on Sunday. You got a chance to pray extemporaneously during the 1030 worship service. I did. I had not. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pull back the curtains, let them see how the sausage is made. Whichever pastor is preaching, uh, they're also responsible that week for putting together the bulletin. And, uh, and so generally then we'll pass a, uh, draft that bulletin on to each other so the other one knows what we're doing and we divide up the labor of the service that way. And Damon faithfully passed this draft of the bulletin on to me, uh, which I did not happen to open up and read during the week and didn't actually skim until uh, worship was happening. And then I didn't even read ahead. <laughs> and so uh, I came down to do the prayer of dedication over the offering, which is normally a written prayer that we lead. It's a, it's a corporate prayer that, that everybody says together, but the pastor who's leading that leads. And uh, Damon uh, made the decision that it would not be a corporate prayer. There was no written prayer for everyone to read together, which is absolutely Damon's right when he's the one writing the bulletin. 
my responsibility is the one knowing that I'm supposed to be leading that prayer should have been to check that, uh, which I did not do until I was standing in front of the congregation during worship, open the bulletin to lead them in the corporate prayer of dedication and notice there was no corporate prayer of dedication. That was the moment at which that happened. And so uh, I did, in fact, uh, lead a extemporaneous prayer of dedication for the offering. Now, I guess the question I would have for Damon is, was it intentionally left out or was that just an oversight? And Damon can well, answer that however he wants to. Yeah, well, you have pulled back the outer curtain. I will pull back the inner curtain. Um, and no, that was no, that was not that was an oversight on my part. No one who read through the bulletin <laughs> of, of which there are multiple proofreaders and editors, nobody said, oh, there's no prayer of dedication in this, in this bulletin. So that was, uh, that was my, it was not an intentional choice to, to leave that blank. And yet here we are having faithfully worshiped God and dedicated our offerings. And uh, we've made it through to the other side, both perhaps, in fact, that might've been a form of perseverance of getting through that moment uh, that way. So uh, segue alert, segue. Alert. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's, let's join together in, I will lead us in this prayer. <clears throat> for as our opening prayer. And this is the prayer that uh, folks would have found for Sunday, March 27th. Uh, and the theme for last week is about uh, reconciliation, a desire uh, that disciples have this character, this trait of a desire for reconciliation. God of infinite mercy and limitless potential, you have declared that I am a new creation in your spirit. You have acted with kindness towards me and given me a new beginning. Thank you for your abundant grace. Thank you for your unending kindness. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to see others in the same light. Help me, O oh God, to view others as new creations full of the limitless possibility for love which you provide. Amen. Amen. So this week uh, in worship, we're continuing with this uh, character study of, of Christian disciples, and we're going to take a look at Philippians, a portion from Paul's letter to those gathered in Philippi, and also maybe Psalm 126. So, uh, and the Philippians reading is comes from chapter 3, it's verses uh, 4b, so the second half of verse Four. Verse four starts with an incomplete sentence for those who haven't memorized the exact detail of every verse in the Bible. Uh, so we're starting with the second half of verse four and going through verse 14. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish 
in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ as the power. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. If somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. That's how uh, Paul's particular collection of clauses and phrases reads in that passage. Uh, and then from, uh, should you, I'm going to read Psalm 126 right now as well. Okay. Sure. Psalm 126. This is the whole of Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the, nation, among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the water courses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. That's how that ends. Uh, are we going to sing uh, Bringing in the Sheaves on Sunday? Would you like to sing Bringing in the Sheaves on Sunday? I, I know of only so many places in the world where the word sheaves comes up. <laughs> so it seems like it could fit. So I don't know. Are... Greg, what, what do you got for these passages? Well, let me just point out those of our loyal listeners, you heard it here. If the hymn Bringing in the Sheaves ends up in the rotation, it's because of Damon's suggestion on the Monday check-in. Do you think that's even in the Glory to God hymnal? Uh, I can tell you really quickly. Let's see. I'd be, I would be surprised if it... Oh, no, that one from an episode of The Simpsons. Oh, you don't actually know the hymn? Well, I, no, I mostly know it from that. That's not a song that we like. We I don't really remember singing that growing up in church. Let's see. No, me neither. No. And it is not in glory to God. No. Okay, well, so it may not may not make it in. Yeah, throwing in uh, another unfamiliar hymn. Uh, we might I mean, skip I that. I would guess that people would be familiar with it, but uh, I've been surprised by how not familiar people are with hymns that I often think they would be familiar with. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. This is a kind of a ways from talking about the actual scripture, but it's interesting that I mostly know that song through pop culture. Indeed it is. Is it one that they sang in Reverend Lovejoy's church? Uh, no, Ned Flanders' kids sing it uh, while they're playing. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's actually, I've just pulled up the lyrics. I was not familiar with it. Sowing in the morning, sowing seeds of kindness. 
sowing in the noontime and the dewy eve, waiting for the harvest and the time of reaping, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Sowing in the sunshine, sowing in the, it's, this is good stuff. I mean, it's, it, it's actually a good, it's a really beautiful paraphrase of uh, Psalm, what are we dealing with? Psalm 126. Yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe it's, um, maybe it's time to rediscover this. Maybe it should be set to a new tune. Oh, well, there you go. Sounds like Damon, you and Hannah have a project to work on this week. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Uh, let's see. You probably couldn't hear that, could you? Mm-mm. Yeah, okay. There's a MIDI recording of it on the website that I do all of my hymn searching on. Okay, right. so probably not going to sing it. Bringing in the sheaves. Probably. Um, what's do you think that these passages have something to do um, with with what? What was the segue that we were perhaps on pers- perseverance? Perseverance. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, we've been preaching uh, this uh, Lenten sermon series that has aligned as well with our Lenten devotional guide, where we've been talking about different characteristics of the Christian faith. Um, mostly focused on Paul's epistle writings that fall during the Revised Common Lectionary Lent. So we started with belief and Kylie preached a great sermon on that, talking about uh, spiritual freedom and belief. Then we did discipline, then holiness. And this last week, Damon preached on reconciliation. And this week it is perseverance, which there's plenty of, uh, both I think in the Philippians passage as well as in the Psalm. Um, The beginning part of this is interesting because it's not as much about perseverance, but it's an interesting way Paul lays out what I'll call his resume, right? Um, if anyone has reason to be cocky, it's this guy, right? I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm a member of the people of Israel. Not only that, it's the tribe of Benjamin. I am a Hebrew born of Hebrews as the law. I'm a Pharisee as the zeal. I persecuted the early church as the righteousness under the law. What was it, Damon? Blameless. Blameless. Yet. Yet, Paul says, whatever gains I have, it's not about me, it's about Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever gains I had have come as a loss regard to because of Christ. And so, yeah, yeah, the idea like all of these, what we might think of as accomplishments don't really matter. What matters is my identity as, as a follower of Christ. Which ties in really nicely actually to your sermon Damon that God cares less about what we do with our lives as a career and more about how we live our lives right yeah, um, who, we are. who we are and and how we how we engage the world and so that would that would be a nice tie-in to um, following up on what I thought was a really faithful sermon that you preached on Sunday that was somewhat related to Paul's letter to the Corinthians and the call to reconciliation and being ambassadors for Christ and also related to the story of the the prodigal son. Um, so yeah, I, I, I appreciate the, the opening passage three through whatever that is eight, uh, where Paul basically builds himself up and then totally knocks himself down and says, I'm utterly dependent upon Jesus Christ, regardless of all of these worldly accolades, all these things that should place me as a high up religious figure. 
at the end of the day, it's all about my dependence on Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah it's interesting because verse seven is, yet, yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. Right? Like Christ ruins everything. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> all, of, all of this stature that I, if we were going to switch the terms a little bit, we, you know, all of this stature that I accumulated, all of this wealth, all of this influence, all of this power, all of this success, however we define success, um, like it doesn't, then Christ came along and was like, yeah, that, you know, doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, you know, what matters is, are you kind? Are you generous? Those sorts of things. But yeah, just another okay. example, Greg, of Christ just ruins, ruins everything. Yes. Reminds me, we, we have a really cool program in the Presbyterian Church called the Young Adult Volunteer Program, where students are, where young adults uh, typically recent college grads, but up to age 30, um, spend a year of their life volunteering. It's kind of like Presbyterian Peace Corps or Presbyterian AmeriCorps, because there's domestic sites and international sites where they volunteer. Um, anyways, the, the tagline for the program is a year of service for a lifetime of change. But the unspoken tagline is, this program is going to ruin you. <laughs> In that same sense, right? That Christ, it's, it's going to, anything you've done up until this point in your life as a young adult where you've been trying to build up wealth or stature or fame spending a year serving as a servant of the church uh is is going to change your outlook and your perspective and it ends up that about a third of the students who are yavs end up going to seminary two-thirds don't but end up um recognizing that their faith plays an integral role in all of their life decisions and so then whatever career path they choose and everything else um, has been informed by this year of service that they do on behalf of the church. And so Paul has a similar sort of reckoning and that he lays out here, uh, you know, building himself up and then knocking himself down and, and yeah, Christ yeah. ruins everything. That's, that's, <laughs> there's a tagline that'll bring people in the doors of the church, won't it? <laughs> pastor said christ ruins everything yep yep uh so that's the part of this passage to me greg that makes sense okay <laughs> the second part uh man i i need to reread it without reading it aloud but oh man like when you read this stuff out loud from paul it's just like ugh. It just stacks on top of each other in the ways that aren't necessarily clarifying. And Philippians in particular does that. I think you're right. Um, and I preached from Philippians, I think it was two weeks ago, and it was the same thing where it's just, yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily. And so I, I pull out particular sections mm-hmm. of this that are standalone thoughts that somewhat tie into the rest of it, but at the end of the day, kind of um, don't. So, uh, but Christ is, or Paul is talking about, um, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him. Not that I've already attained this or I've already reached that goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. That's powerful to me, right? The fact that Christ has accepted me and has loved me. And so my goal is to press on 
to be more like him, to persevere, right? And then, and then Paul acknowledges, Paul, this giant of the faith, really possibly the greatest missionary ever, acknowledges that even he himself doesn't have it all together yet, right? He, he ends with, beloved, I don't consider that I've done this yet. I haven't yet made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal. And so there's this sense of, I'm going to keep at this as hard as this work may be, as difficult as it may be to live like Christ and try to emulate Jesus Christ. That's what I've been called to do. And I'm going to keep at it and keep at it, knowing that I may never fully get there. Now, I might, I might miss the mark. And I think there's hope in these words for, um, you know, the, the newest member of our church or the newest person who has professed a faith in Jesus Christ as well as the most faithful member who's, you know, that Paul is reminding us, we've all still got this work to do. We're all still on this path together and we got to keep at it. We got to persevere. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the goal, the goal that what's the goal is the goal. I press on toward the goal for the prize for the, prize of the heavenly call in God in Christ Jesus. The goal is is being like Jesus. Yeah, it's to live live like Christ, I think, right? And then what's the prize? It's it's eternal life, right? I think that's what he's saying, yes. For sure, that's what he's saying. Mm -hmm. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And the sharing of his sufferings. I don't just want some far off heavenly reward, but I want to share in his work here on earth by becoming like him. Like him in his death, he says. Up to and including in his death, right? If I somehow attain that resurrection from the dead, not that I've already obtained it or that I've already reached the goal, but I press on to make, I don't give up, I keep at it, I persevere. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. And that's, I just love that phrase. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. And that is just like, that's some powerful stuff there. Yeah. And that connects us uh, to this concept of being reconciled through Christ, um, through Christ being reconciled to God, or however you kind of want to phrase that. You know, that is also a Pauline idea which is what he talked about in the passage in corinthians that you read last week so it ties in there too um and then in the last part we'll tie into next week where the the calling or the characteristic we're looking at is humility because there's definitely paul is expressing some humility here beloved i do not consider that i've made it my own but i'm going to keep at it this is one thing i do forgetting what lies behind straining forward to what lies ahead i will press on Mm -hmm. and so there's a it's starting to tie up this whole Lenten devotional and sermon series together. It's, it's picking up on different pieces of it and the reconciliation piece and the humility piece and the perseverance piece and the holiness piece. It's, it's all kind of in there, which is not terribly surprising given the theme of most of Paul's letters, right? Writing to these early churches that are experiencing conflict and persecution and Paul is just reminding them over and over again 
that this is what it's all about, right? Yeah, and I, and that like because there's I think different there's different ways of thinking about perseverance, right? And the perseverance that Paul is talking about here is is like aspirational person of like we're we're I mean I'm choosing to continue on in this faith uh, in order to accomplish these goals, right? Like if we were to think about it in terms of like a ministry program, like we're we're choosing to continue on with this ministry program uh, so that we can have this uh, beautiful music for this service, right? Or so that we can feed people on a sat one Saturday a month or so, you know, like there's obstacles in our way to doing this. We're going to persevere on in order to attain the goal, right? However we might, then the goal is creating a more peaceable kingdom. And that looks different in different contexts and settings. Right. And then there's this other way of thinking about perseverance that is like about simply being able to sustain or being able to sort of maintain ourselves amid some sort of tragedy or some sort of devastation or some sort of um, broken dream or some such, right? Um, And I think that that is kind of the perseverance that is leaned on in Psalm 126. It's this slightly different focus of perseverance. Psalms being like a reflection of the exiles experience when they were able to return from exile and like somehow God sustained us through that devastation. Uh, And when we, then we found ourselves in this new place of joy. Right. Um, And I, and, and I like that the Psalm 126 is based on this sort of corporate experience of, of God and, and having that history uh, creates within them this sense of perseverance. Like we can get through this. Like, we can make it through this. We'll lean on each other. We'll lean on God. Um, but we can, we can make it through this because we know that God has brought us through these sorts of things in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we persevere, we carry on. Right. And, and the, I mean, in the psalm, the, the end result of that, right? May those who sow in tears reap the shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seeds for sowing, that's keeping at it, right? Not giving up, yeah. Yeah. shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. And so, yeah, two different facets of the diamond of perseverance, right? Two different, um, different ways to talk about it. That could, that could be the title of like a a business like a motivational business book facets of the diamond of perseverance you heard it here <laughs> yeah. when damon becomes a worldwide business guru and that's the title of his book i expect royalties to come back to the church i, I would expect a lawsuit if that <laughs> was the case um yeah so you think that this will preach greg I mean, I think there's something in there that'll preach. Um, yeah. The, the other the other 
idea that I'm toying with, I'll just preview this, and it, this may or may not make it in the sermon, so don't get your hopes up too much. But um, also, April 3rd, which is, uh, is the, the day that we're reflecting on these texts, um, this is the anniversary of uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s um, mountaintop sermon the day before he was assassinated in Memphis. And that mountaintop sermon has always been a very meaningful sermon in my own faith journey. And so it's possible you may hear some of that worked into um, what I talk about in terms of perseverance because of, I think Martin Luther King Jr. is an example of perseverance uh, in the face of evil and in the face of challenging where he carried on and persevered uh, trying to be more Christ-like and trying to help others live in that way. And so there may be some of that sprinkled in there too. We'll see. But um, yeah, that was a, a meaningful anniversary. Um, it's, it's like the 54th anniversary of that sermon, but still it's, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, the, I've been to the mountaintop sermons, a pretty beautiful thing. I had an idea when I was in seminary that I've not implemented, but I might at some point that like once a quarter, I would preach somebody else's sermon, not preach it, but share somebody else's sermon and share the, the context around it and then get up and either have a recording of it or, or speak it myself. And um, sort of standing on the shoulders of giants type thing. Mm -hmm. um, the, I've been to the mountaintop sermon that Martin Luther King Jr. preached was in uh, Church of God in Christ in their headquarters, and it was a it was a forty six minute sermon. So I'm not entirely sure that I would preach all forty six minutes of it, and I don't know that that's actually. But anyways, that's just some some stuff. Yeah, that could make for an interesting um, podcast series or something to have. You know, share a little bit of it and some context and have some folks to, to think and reflect on it or that sort of thing. But. Yeah. We did it as a project in one of my preaching classes when I was in seminary. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I preached uh, one of Oscar Romero's sermons, who was an archbishop in El Salvador when there was a military junta that ruled there. He ended up was assassinated while he was leading worship. In fact, uh, but he preached some really beautiful sermons. And so I, I preached that sermon to my preaching class in Spanish and in English. I started by providing context for it and then did it. And I thought, you know, this would be an interesting thing to do with the church for them to hear other voices and perspectives from the pulpit. Um, anyways, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I think, you know, to use uh, parts of King's sermon or, or to reflect on that or uh, would, you know, very clearly is that that sort of idea of press on toward the goal um, sort of, or, you know, the folks that walked across Edmund Pettus Bridge or folks that sat at counters um, or, you know, did anything else. So. Yeah. So that, that, there's a decent chance that'll make its way in my sermon this Sunday too. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, sounds as though you're planning for it to preach at the very least. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. 
And if mm-hmm. I can't preach it, Martin Luther King Jr.'s words will preach it for me. And mm-hmm. those are some pretty, pretty good words. Yeah. Uh, should we switch gears? Yeah, let's talk about what's happened in the life of our church, uh, which is a lot. Uh, you know, we're back to full everything nonstop, go, 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 right? <laughs> it's the everything. season of Lent. We're leading up the Holy Week, all that stuff. Um, and so we've got our 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 our, uh, our Tizay style contemplative worship service that's happening every Sunday morning at 8.30. And we've moved that back into the chapel space, uh, which is a lovely place to lead worship. Uh, and then we're doing our full offering of Sunday school and uh, for pre-K all the way through to adults. Uh, we've got some great adult offerings during the season of Lent. Uh, Dr. Dan Deffenbaugh is teaching a class called The Risks of the Passion, uh, based on a book uh, by Amy Jill Levine, which is about the last week of Christ's life, Holy Week events. And it's kind of paralleling what we're doing with our Lenten devotional guide, as well as our sermon series. So there's some really good crossover there for people to really get into the season of Lent. So that's good stuff. That's what's happening on Sundays. Uh, This coming Sunday, April 3rd, will be a communion Sunday. Uh, So be prepared for that. If you're worshiping with us from home, have your elements ready. If you're coming in, uh, we're still going to do the little bags at least this month. And then we might get back to passing trays of juice and bread next month. We'll kind of see how things are going. Um, And then Wednesday nights are busy, busy, busy here at the church too. We've got uh, all of our Wednesday night activities uh, for elementary kids starting at four o'clock through six. And then we have a family style meal that anyone in the church is welcome to attend. After that, we've got uh, our adult choir and bell practice, as well as youth group and youth choir and youth bells. What else do we got going on, Damon? Did I miss anything? That That seems like the big stuff. The other thing I want to bring to your attention is uh, next Saturday in the Peace Center parking lot, we are doing a collection of items for Ukrainian refugees. And so uh, check out our social media. There's a list of items that have been requested by organizations on the ground in Poland, uh, stuff that they're needing in order to help serve the refugees that are coming across the border from Ukraine. And so we're collecting those items and we're collaborating with Orphan Grain Train to get those items shipped over there uh, in, into the hands of the refugees and the organizations that are serving them. So that is next Saturday in the Peace Center parking lot. Keep an eye out for that list of things. We hope we hope the whole community of Hastings uh, can get involved in this uh, supply drive. There's also a little fundraiser um, associated with that as well. Um, I think you maybe know more about the significance of the sunflower. Sunflowers are the national flower of Ukraine. And so I think uh, we're buying little bags of sunflower seeds that folks can purchase for, I think, a dollar. Not that you would eat them. These are ones you would plant in your garden and then have sunflowers grow up around your house. Uh, You probably don't want to eat them because they're neither roasted nor salted, but uh, they will make beautiful flowers that will grow in your gardens. And now's the right time to be planting sunflower seeds, I think. I'm not a gardening expert. We should probably ask Will Locke about that. Probably get them started inside, at least, I would imagine. Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, well, then, is it time for the closing prayer? Let's do that. And so I'm going to read from the prayer that would be scheduled for Wednesday, March 30th, out of our uh, Lenten devotional guide. Let's, uh, Let's join our hearts and minds in prayer. Sustaining God, when my heart is broken, I come to you. When my dreams are dashed, I rest on your promises. 
When it feels as the life is slipping through my hands, I trust you to hold me. Give me that which I need in order to face this life full of trouble. Remind me of the many ways you have held your faithful servants throughout history. Let their words of faith become my own. Let their resolve fill my reserves. Let the perseverance of my ancestors in faith carry me through life's trying moments. Amen. Amen. Then with all of those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.